Seven Figures Club Nation. Today we have a special guest for you. Again, for everybody out there who is looking for opportunities to earn money, to start a business, or maybe you are already a business owner and you're looking for somewhere you can put your money safely and watch it grow in an opportunity. Well, there's this thing called franchising. And today's guest is Marty Greenbaum. He has 30 years, that's three plus decades, as a franchising veteran. He's a certified franchise executive. He's also the founder and CEO of Smart Franchise Investing. He's a professional franchise consultant and matchmaker. And he's helped so many Americans who are hardworking, looking for the right opportunity to create financial independence and wealth through a proven system like franchises. So we're very excited to welcome you, Marty. Welcome to the show. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Leo, thanks so much for having me on. I've uh, been looking forward to our discussion today and just have so much to share. And I hope to uh, inspire some people, inspire your audience to think differently about investing. Absolutely. Well, we're excited to have you, Marty. We have not had anybody uh, who's an expert when it comes to franchising. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, the timing here, because recently, you know, a lot of our clients, I myself, like we've been looking where for, for the last several years, a lot of us have invested in real estate. Some of us have our own business. Some of us, you know, have a, a really good W-2 job. And everybody at the end of the day is looking for some form of financial independence or somewhere where their money can grow, a better opportunity. And so for everybody out there who, you know, we've all heard of franchises, we see McDonald's, we see you know, Wendy, Subway, some of these different food franchises that are pretty famous out there. But but in, in the simplest of terms, how would you describe a franchise versus any other type of business that you might just be starting on your own? Okay. Well, um, first of all, listen, I was an independent business owner most of my life. I owned a marketing company and I, I own this company was in franchising. So I actually served franchise companies, but I was, you know, an independent okay. owner of a business. Okay. So as an independent owner, like anybody who's had, had or opened a business, you know, you go into it and oftentimes you just don't know what it's going to take, right? You, you plan for the best, but the fact is, is like, you know, there's always that big learning curve. There's always these things that you learn. And I hate to say, but, you know, lessons usually cost a lot of money, right? Very expensive. So here's what I would say, you know, to get, you know, help people to get their head around franchising, okay? You know, you take any of these brands, what ends up happening is like a franchise, you know, like even the McDonald's story, a couple of guys making burgers, you know, they had they had a really great recipe. They they used the Henry Ford model of, you know, production to, you know, make hamburgers quick and really create efficiencies. And nonetheless, they started seeing great success. And one location grew to five, grew to 10, grew to 10,000 or whatever they have now. But the thing is, is, um, you know, entrepreneurs usually create franchises. Now, 
The structure of franchising actually works well for investors because I want you to think of it this way, okay? Over time, the franchise companies continually distilling down their concept to the most profitable version possible. So why do they do that, okay? So everybody or most everybody knows or they hear that like if you join a franchise, yes, you get a brand and there's a proven business model, but really you're paying royalties, right? So you're paying, typically it's like six, seven, eight percent depending on the franchise where you're paying the franchise company a royalty, right? So the fact is if I'm McDonald's and I'm awarding someone a franchise, if I awarded you a franchise, A, I want to make sure that you're capable of being a very successful franchisee, but B, the fact is you represent royalty revenue. Now, think about royalty revenue. It's recurring revenue. And we know that any business that has recurring revenue, they have higher valuations, right? Oh, so yeah. franchise, I don't care if it's automotive, I don't care if it's you know uh, senior care, education, Molly made cleaning, whatever, every franchise is truly in the business of royalty generation, okay? Now, if that's your core business, and, and let's say you join them as a franchise owner, okay? Now you're buying into a system that, you know, they've turned every rock over, they've looked at every aspect of the business model and said, how do we improve technology to streamline things? And they invest in it, millions of dollars you know, what marketing needs to, you know, what's working, what's not working, how do we continually improve that? So buying into a franchise compared to opening an independent, okay, you're gaining that, you know, I call it, you know, the value you get, right? You're gaining all that value from them working on this model, refining it, uh, and continually making it as profitable as it could be. And the other thing that you gain is like a family. Okay. So when I had my agency, I had my agency and I didn't have 200 other agencies that did the same thing, exact same thing I did day in and day out, where I could go to them and say, Hey, what's your metric for labor? Or how does this figure, you know, what's your percentage of this or that? So that's another thing, you know, if you have the KPIs of your business model and there's hundreds of stores and you know, you know, you could get that information. Oh my God, that makes it so much easier to look at what you're doing and saying, where, where's my gaps? How do I fix this? How do I improve this? So I know that was a long-winded answer to that, but that was a great question. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, the audience and you really have an understanding. I think it helps to understand that main point that franchises are great because they provide all this value to really serve themselves, but to grow brand, right? Exactly right, Marty. And, and a lot of value bombs that you just dropped for the audience. And so in terms of, you know, summarizing everything that Marty just said, essentially, when you go and start a business up, you have a pretty significant chance that you're not going to succeed in that business for just starting a brand new business. But when you start a franchise model that's in a proven system, that franchise model is already proven. There's been so much work done to make it more effective, efficient, and profitable, as Marty just explained to us. And you have 
a team that's working with you, that's incentivized for you to succeed and keep on growing and building that business because they're in it with you as part of you know, the, the franchise overseeing and, and helping you to succeed and wanting you to succeed so that those royalty fees are coming you know, and increasing on a monthly basis. And so there's a real alignment there of everybody winning and being on the same page and having a roadmap for success to actually you know, increase the odds that you're going to be successful. And then the cool thing is a lot of these franchises too, they'll let you know where the right location is, or they'll let you know if actually it's not a good idea to do it in, in this location, but this other location might oh. be better because of this. So there's so many things that come into play with franchises that a lot of people just don't understand. And so it's super important that you guys understand that. Now, I think one of the big questions that a lot of people have when it comes to franchises, Marty, is there's a couple different thoughts of how you get involved. Some people want to be 110% involved in the business. They want to be in the operations in the trenches, working and building that company, that franchise up, and they want to expand to multiple locations. But there are also other people who really, they want to kind of be an absentee owner. They want to see if they can hire a manager or a partner who can kind of run the operations. And so explain to us, if you could, a little bit of, of what you should consider and, and what the deciding factors should be on whether you should be, you know, that active owner in the trenches or if, hey, I want to keep my day job and kind of have this as a side hustle business. Explain right. to us what, what your thoughts are in 30 years of experience on how we should look at that, uh, that question. First of all, I want to touch on something you mentioned uh, a moment ago yeah. is, um, you know, 70% of people that go into a franchise, they go into a franchise where they never had experience in that industry before. And that, that may wow. seem odd. You know, you may get, you know, I have clients that came to me and they, you know, were in IT and just tired of IT and wondering, is there anything else other than IT I could do? These are, you know, middle or upper management and IT companies or sometimes big companies like IBM. And, yeah. you know, they're looking at something like service companies. Like, why would a guy go and become an owner of like a air conditioning service company? Never touched an air conditioner in his life. You know why? Because that air conditioning company is not looking for you know, the guy who's going to fix an air conditioning unit, they're looking for people that know how to manage resources and people, people that know how to deploy sales and manage a company and scale a company. So just the fact, you know, most people that go into this go into it like they look online and they pick franchises based on what their, you know, comfort level is with this type of franchise or another. You know, when I get in conversations with them, I help open their eyes to what's out there. Now, back to your question about, you know, what what ownership models are out there and what could be the right one for you, you know? Now, there are, like you had mentioned, owner operators, people that are looking to change careers and decided, you know what, I've been thinking about being my own boss, getting into my own business forever, and I want to just, you know, become an owner operator. And you know what, after a few years, if, you know, if I can, I'm going to, you know, hire a manager and maybe grow to a second or a third location. That's very common. A lot of, you know, you have to be able to weather those first couple of years to get past, you know, what, until your revenues and your income grows uh, big enough, right? I oh, have yeah. more than everything. I'm sorry. 
more than everything, I have what what I call people looking to be semi-absentee owners, right? Okay. And, and you mentioned that, um, you know, people that are already working and saying, you know what, um, I'm working from home now. I have some flexibility. I have 10, 15, 20 hours a week, you know, and can we start something that I can make some extra money and and build that nest egg a little bit quicker? And there's all kinds of franchises out there for that. Okay, there are. It's amazing. Um, and uh, finally, you have, you know, some people come to me and they say, I don't have time. I just want to, is there any way I can invest with not putting much time? And, you know, there are a few, you know, investor model franchises too, where they manage it for you and you still own it and you make earn the profit. So I hope that helped. Uh, um, it, it does. And so I think, I think the takeaway, Marty, is that yes, that those options exist. And what it comes down to is the details and the due diligence and making a, a great decision and working with a franchise that you're going to be comfortable with. And I think one of the misnomers, the misinformation, if you will, I think a lot of people, when they think of a franchise, they think of food and they think of restaurants. And I'm curious in your experience, and I know that you know, obviously, there's so many other franchise opportunities out there. If you were going to compare, you know, food franchises with all of the other opportunities out there, what what are some of the opportunities out there that people may not even be aware exist in all these different spaces and industries uh, in addition to food? Well, that's a good question. You know, most people, they do think of food first. And the fact is, right. I have very few people that end up you know, finding a food franchise, it's funny, you know, a lot of people, they don't want to, it's, it's more and more people are not going towards the, the food franchises. So I'll give you some crazy examples of what's out there, what's new, what's different. Okay. So um, there's like healthcare is big right now, right? Oh yeah. And, and listen, we have an aging population. Yeah, so that, that sector is really strong. It's recession proof. There's some great options in healthcare. There's everything from um, physical therapy. There's a great physical therapy franchise. All right. There's, um, I just learned of a kind of newer franchise, uh, men's testosterone therapy. Okay. Oh, yeah, I right mean, um, mental health. Think about where we are as a country and the demand for mental health and where that's going to be heading over the next few years. Right. So um, then you know, of course, there's people are into fitness. There's a lot of fitness brands. But, you know, with fitness, I would say, hey, be very careful with fitness because not everything's, you know, going to, you know, stand the test of time. So I'm very careful when I recommend I have a few fitness brands that I really think will do so. And then many others, they just I don't see them. I see them as being fads. They don't have enough to them. Right. Um, listen, uh, pet care is one of those very hot topics right now because you know we're in a pandemic. So pet care is massive and things like, there is a franchise where you, you don't have to be a dog trainer, it's home-based. You hire people to train dogs, they get certified, the franchise provides a certification. It's an incredible business model, it's very profitable and you provide dog training in people's homes and you hire the people, you just manage the people, you manage the marketing. It's a great franchise. Um, 
in the service industry, it's crazy. There's so many great franchises. There's, you know, people, listen, I don't care where we had as a country from an economic standpoint, but if something breaks in the house, I'm going to call the plumber, right? If my if my drain is clogged, I'm going to I'm going to call the guy for that. If you know, I have my HVAC, which tends to you know break down here and there. Especially, I live in Las Vegas, so I'm always oh yeah. I see these guys I know by first name, right? And uh, you know, and what another one in that space, you know, is like. You never think of it, but home insulation, all right? There's a big push to save energy. There's tax credits. I mean, if you had a home insulation company, um, it's like you're selling savings, right? And it's a service that will pay for itself. And then, um, you know, another hot category right now is senior care. Because again, we're in this place where we have a very, you know, growing aging population and senior care with everything that goes along with it. Most people, when I say senior care, they're thinking of, you know, the caregiving thing where you have 50 caregivers going out and taking care of people in their homes. But, you know, there's also like, you could open up your own care facility, um, long-term care facility. You could open up, they have like garage or estate sale type businesses. Um, there's a new one that does estate sales and business liquidations, which is really mm. neat. So, wow. I mean, from automotive to IT to, you know, um, every type of service you can imagine, you know, there's just so many different franchises out there. And I don't know, people may not know this, but there's over 780,000 franchise businesses out there. Wow. And, and, you, and you make the case of that people just have no idea all these amazing industries, industries that are recession proof, like healthcare, like serving the senior community, the aging community that is continuing to grow. And everybody just always thinks of food. And I think you've made the case and helped us all understand that's probably why less and less people are going into food, because food can be volatile, even with the proven franchise model. And some of these industries provide some amazing opportunities that you're sharing with franchising. Now, a lot of people, you know, might not have all the cash set aside. They might have a, a 401k or an IRA or something, and they might be thinking, wow, would I be better served looking at investing that into my own business with a franchise model? versus leaving it in the stock market. Uh, what are your thoughts at looking at it as a franchise as kind of an investment opportunity? Well, that's a great question. And thank you for asking that. I will tell you this, you know, let me give you a scenario. Okay. Because I think, you you know, you could understand this better with a scenario. Okay. Oh, yeah. So let's take, so there's a, you, you know, these smoothie type shops, let's call it a smoothie shop. This one has Acai bowls, you know, if you know what those Love are. Those. Love so, those, yeah. so that investment's about three hundred fifty thousand. Okay? okay. Now, most people they're going to finance it to some degree. If you have four hundred one k and you could roll it over into your business, which you could do fairly easily. So you could use equity financing if you want to finance all or portion of that. So let's say you go into that and you put a hundred thousand dollars down. You're investing a hundred thousand dollars into something that costs three fifty. You're financing the rest, but that business, you know, they do typically 
between like seven, eight hundred thousand dollars. Okay. And their nets are somewhere a little bit north of 20%, but I'm going to use 20% to make it easy. All right. So if I do 800,000 and I'm netting 20%, that means I'm making 160, right? Now, let's say I'm wrong and I'm making 100. Okay. Let me just take a third of that or more off and let's just say it's 100. Now, like you're investing $100,000 and you have a semi-absentee business that you hire a manager that you have basically teenagers that are scooping and pouring or whatever, right? And you're 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 netting, you know, a hundred plus. Okay, so you're investing a hundred, you're netting a hundred plus. I don't know, like think about what returns you get in the stock market when you invest a hundred and compare you're, it to something like that. This. Kind of return, Marty. That's okay. a darn good return. Now you do have to watch the business. You gotta do some marketing. Yes, you could do, but it's a semi-absentee business. So the fact is, is that's just you know, that gives people an idea like maybe I need to look at this, you know, and and you see these guys, and guess what? You're building something of value it's not like you earn this money and then you know you could still sell the business right yes, you can now if you sell the business now franchises have 10-year agreements right so yes you know do you have to go all 10 years no let's say five years down the road you got the sales up to you know um eight you know eight hundred thousand and you're netting whatever maybe it's up to a million by the way the one thing I what I'm thinking of their highest store does 1.2 million okay wow. so let's say it was that you got it to a million all right and maybe you're making 20 percent of that so it's 200. well something like that the right businesses could get you know two to three times right revenues so you have another probably 500 grand they're on the backside, plus all the money you've made. So is it a good investment? I think it's pretty simple. Now, you know, again, here's the problem, though. I want to caution people. The problem is, is people jump online and they go, you know, talk to franchise companies and they get sold the franchise. Oh, not good. All right. Not good. That's the that's why some people fail. So if you were asking me that question, why do people fail is because they go online and they don't know what they're doing. They haven't been educated. They don't have proper help. You know, they, you know, talk to a bunch of franchises and they don't really understand what could be the right fit for them and even what's out there. And even how do you evaluate a franchise? And they get themselves in trouble, but they think they're doing a, you know, making a great decision, you know, and, you know, they, they go to meetings, everything's kumbaya, everybody's happy, but they get into the business. And they realize like, oh, my God, you know, I didn't realize what it would really take or be like. And, you know, maybe it's not quite suited for them as much as they thought. So there are risks. It doesn't like this doesn't it's not an instant success. It really means you have to be extremely careful on what you pick and how you do your due diligence. Absolutely. No question about it. Uh, one quick question. A lot of people think that, oh, the franchise, it's too expensive for me. I, I can't come up with that kind of money. And, and they go online and they look at like a McDonald's. And McDonald's, you've got to be liquid. you got to put one $1.5 million cash to grab a McDonald's. I mean, that's a lot of money. But a lot of people don't know that there's so many opportunities out there that are much more affordable. What are some typical costs and fees related to franchise ownership? Well, I want you to think about it this way. 
If I opened up that smoothie shop on my own and called it Marty Smoothies, okay, and I go and and you know, and I'm comparing against this franchise, the reality is is the only difference should be the franchise fee. Every franchise has an initial fee that you pay to basically join the franchise, right? Yeah. You're buying into their intellectual property, into you know everything they've done up until now. So you're you're paying a franchise fee, all right. But everything else, if I were to open that up, so people think, oh, the investment's 300,000. And I'm just using that number as an example. The fact is, is like, you still have to build out a store, buy a sign, pay rent, you know, have working capital, do your marketing. So the fact is, is like these franchises, they don't make money on that initial investment. Okay. Their money is made on the royalty. All right. So typically, like I mentioned early on, a franchise royalty, you're paying six, seven, or eight percent of gross sales. Okay. Now, keep in mind that six, seven, eight percent of gross sales is a lot of the net. So people don't realize that. Yes, you're you you could be paying them 25 to 35 percent of your net profit. So do you have a partner when you're buying into a franchise? You sure do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is it worth it? Well, yeah, if you get with the right franchise, it's the right fit and you're able to scale it. Yes, because you know why? Franchises succeed at a higher rate than independents, right? And certain franchises, the, the numbers will knock your socks off. So the fact is, is, is that worth it? Yes. Now they also have, you know, you see all these commercials for different brands like Jersey Mike's and this one and that one. The fact is you pay into a national brand fund. So there's usually a one to 2% fee for that. And, you know, there there may be a little tech fee or something else, but really those are the main fees. All right. So um, again, you look at if you do the right due diligence and you, you know, part of that due diligence, by the way, is not only looking at, you know, learning about them and reviewing what they call a franchise disclosure document. The Federal Trade Commission requires every franchise to have a to provide the the potential buyer a franchise disclosure document, which discloses all that. Okay, but if you're looking into a franchise, you have to reach out to existing franchisees and ask them some really good questions. I have one of my clients that's buying into an IT franchise. Okay, he's talked to twenty eight owners. 28 owners. I mean, I've never had someone I'm working with talk to that many, but I kind of respect the guy and he's a really smart guy. And he's like, he's really leaving no stone unturned. He really isn't. They have like 250 owners, but 28, I'm like, what, you know, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, good for him, right? Good for him. So. Yeah, no, that's impressive. He's going to succeed and do well because he's doing so much due diligence. You know, kind of to, to end this up here, there are so many economists out there that have been predicting a recession and for a lot of people are thinking, oh, maybe maybe it's not a good idea to start something. But there are a lot of, as you say, uh, certain industries that are more recession proof than others. And that's important to understand. So if you were going to say, you know, this franchise is a little bit more recession proof, which franchises or types of franchises would you say have the best chance of being recession proof? Well, we touched on a few of them already. So um, senior care, of course. Yep. Healthcare. You know, it's funny automotive. If your car breaks, yeah. 
right? So brands like Midas and Meineke, Big O Tires and things like that, right? Oil change, I you know, it's mixed emotions with oil change. So many people I talk to are, are they're afraid of the like electric cars and oil change, you know, oils, you know, things changing. I'm not quite sure if it's going to happen that quick, but we'll see, right? A lot of service uh, in the service business, like repair, right? Anything to do with repair and home services, something breaks, it needs to get fixed. It's very recession proof, right? Um there's real estate franchises. Um, right now, they're probably not doing so well. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any uh, any others that come to mind. I was going to glance at something. But basically, those are the key ones. Uh, pet care, probably semi-recession-proof because people are still going to be doing certain things with their pets, kind of semi. So. But um, yeah, those are, those are the main ones. Those are the main ones. Yeah, definitely. Well, at this point, I think a lot of the listeners and the audience are thinking, well, this could be the opportunity that I've been looking for. And clearly, if I cannot try to you know, figure this out on my own, but actually work with someone, I've not one, not two, but three decades of experience in franchises working with you, Marty, how can they work with you? And what's the next step that they can take today to learn more about seeing if franchising is right for them? Well, first of all, thank you. That's a great question for me. <laughs> so I own Smart Franchise Investing. So if you go to Smart Franchise Investing, you could find you know me very easily. Um, and by the way, what I do is I serve my clients as a consultant and a matchmaker. So here's my big plug. I'm happy to work with you. And the way it works is kind of like real estate. So I never charge my clients anything, okay? If we find something, it's kind of like a realtor. I get paid by the seller. So I never charge anything and I'm happy to work with people and I'm even happy to give them advice. If they're not quite sure, let's have a conversation, right? You know, you could look online and get some ideas, okay? But, you know, here's what I would say. Be very clear about what your goals are and what, you know, what type of, how much time you have, what, you know, where you're going to be happy. Um, just plan for the right due diligence. And you could probably do a lot of research online and buy books on franchising. That would definitely help. All right. There's a lot of content online. So you could even type in, you know, how do you investigate franchising? I'm sure there'll be tons of articles. Okay. But, you know, what I do is I, I serve my clients as a matchmaker. So I have a great process in helping them kind of figure out like what really could make sense. So I'm happy to do that. And uh, definitely would appreciate anybody who had, you know, had some questions. I'm happy to help them. So. Amen. Well, everybody, that is, again, Smart Franchise Investing. That's smartfranchiseinvesting.com. There's amazing content on the website, including our free resource where you can download how the consultation and matchmaking process works. You can schedule a call with Marty and his team. And so amazing content and resources there for you to do the, the digging and see if this is an opportunity. At the end of the day, we regret the things we don't do, not the things that we do. And this is an opportunity. The path of entrepreneurship is always one worth considering. And this is more than entrepreneurship. This is also an investment that can pay massive dividends for the rest of your life. Well, Marty, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with the audience today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And everybody, again, check out that website and we'll see you next time on the Seven Figures Club podcast. Thank you so much.
Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.